0: Today on The Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. We are uh, proud to continue our series uh, of discussions about grief uh, and uh, with our friends at the Dr. Bob Kemp Hospice, of course. Tomorrow is Children's Grief Awareness Day, and uh, next week will be National Bereavement Day. As a society, uh, we're well, well trained about grief. I mean, we talk about it all the time, but do we even understand what we are talking about? And the impacts that it can have. Well, Claire Freeman from the uh, Bob Kemp Hospice is here. Good to see you again, Claire.
1: Thanks for having us. And
0: Dr. Lori Triano-Antidormi is also here practicing clinical and rehab uh, psychology. Good to have you here, Doctor. Thanks so much for the time today. Thank you. Uh, let's, let's define what we're talking about with grief. I mean, it's a word that we throw around an awful lot. Good grief, bad, you know, all this sort of stuff here. But uh, I guess even a clinical definition just to start off with.
2: Well, I think grief is, simply stated, a normal reaction to loss. So whenever we experience a loss, we will then experience a grief reaction.
0: All right, but it doesn't start with the loss, though, does it? it I mean, because w- when we've gone through experiences at the hospice, of course, the grief—I would think Claire can start when you find out that there's going to be a loss.
1: Absolutely, it's called like a- anticipatory grief, right? So we, we know something's coming, and a, a bigger loss is coming, and uh, so it's uh, we're anticipating something. So it's, it can it starts right away, absolutely.
0: And it's it's obviously something that happens with all of us, but but how do you how do you quantify this? I mean, it, it's different with different people.
2: Yeah. I mean, everybody grieves differently, and it's impacted by the nature of death, the nature of the relationship with the person who died. You know, what you bring to the grief experience all can impact your grief reaction, which is very different for everybody.
0: Sudden death as opposed to uh, a lingering death, uh, a hospice uh, situation maybe prepares you a little bit more for it?
1: Well, I think that in some respects, you know, we, we can, we all don't want to ever be diagnosed with a, a palliative illness, but it's something, I guess, what we would consider within the normal risk that might happen in life. None of us really want to think about sudden loss, like, you know, certainly a homicide loss or, you know, a, a suicide loss, um, and, uh, or even a, a car accident. And, and certainly, um we we have this idea that there is um, kind of a uh, progression of who's going to die. So we have this idea that if children die, um, it's out of the norm. It, it shouldn't happen, and so therefore, there's there's other things that go on specifically around children. Cool.
0: Yeah, that's that's the natural order. Yeah, yeah you, you expect that your grandparents, well, they lived a good life, and you know it's it's time for them to move on and pass on. And but we wish them, and, and we still grieve mm-hmm. uh, when we hear stories about a little five-year-old child that uh, all of a sudden is taken from us. It, it's a much different situation. Uh, and obviously, I would think, doctor, the grief is, is, is at different levels at that stage. But we also, I think, from time to time, put limits on it, don't we? Uh, say, i got to get over this eventually. I, you know, So I'll give myself three or four days, and then I've got to get back in with my life. It's not that simple, is it?
2: No, and I think that people often think there's a start and there's a finish to grief. But there's grief is... As hard as it is, it can be a lifelong process. And especially with the death of a child, it typically is a longer grief. I mean, there's no other attachment um, to anyone else in your life deeper than that with your child. So with the death of a child, the grief is is more profound and often of longer duration.
0: We were talking about this uh, a few months ago, I guess, Claire, and uh, about how we tend to quantify this. And it's kind of a bizarre example, but for instance, if you have a loss in a family, uh, your employer will give you three days off or four days off. If it's uh, if it's a spouse, it's you know this, uh, and I it's almost like the anticipation is okay when the grief period is over here. That four days is up. I guess I I'm, I'm supposed to be over it, and, and we put undue pressure on ourselves.
2: Yeah, I think society does have that sort of you know suck it up and get on with it. Um, but grief is, is until you experience, I think, grief or loss, it's, it's so hard to imagine the depth of the experience. And it impacts all domains of functioning, not only the emotional with the sadness, the anxiety, the guilt, uh, many different feelings, but physically and cognitively and socially, um, it impacts every domain of functioning.
0: Well, you probably don't sleep as well, if at all. Probably don't want to eat, Uh, Your social interactions are obviously going to be adversely affected.
2: Yeah, and I think that surprises
1: a lot of people, the impact, the, the widespread impact. And also sometimes the people around you don't know what to do, right? So some people who you would have thought would have reached in actually start to avoid you. And then some other folks who you don't even expect, they're reaching in, right? And so there there is this awkwardness that changes our social dynamics, and especially around holidays, right? So when there is uh, a holiday coming or a special memory, like a birthday of, of the person who who's died, um, oftentimes people will talk about uh, about three weeks before, they just get this over overwhelming sadness that starts to go on they're not really always sure um, why but you know it's literally because of this special occasion is coming up and their expectations around those special occasions that they really start to feel it again
0: there's another element to this that I want to discuss here because uh, as as parents I think it's something that we need to be concerned about Uh, as adults we usually can articulate our feelings you know I'm feeling crappy and or I feel miserable or I feel sad uh children not so much sometimes um and so let's let's talk a little bit about children s- suffering with grief and dealing with grief because they probably can't articulate and and express exactly what's going on in their heads as well as an adult could
1: oh so uh basically you're right children um sometimes are expressive grievers um in terms of you know one minute they're crying next minute they're out playing a game right and people go oh they're not grieving but but they, they don't always express the words. They don't have the, you know, sort of the emotional uh, connections with the words and and what they're feeling. So, um, you know, when people say, okay, they're, they're, the parent just died and the child's out there playing with their friend as though nothing happened, that they're not grieving, that's not true. Um, and kids will tell us in different kind of ways. That's why, we, you know, we started Camp Aaron over six years ago mm-hmm. because we knew that kids feel isolated in their grief. And they also feel sometimes at odds with the adults in their life because the adults are acting strange and they don't really know how to have the conversation with them so they don't know how to you know sort of bring it up to the adults and then they go to school and their peer groups don't know what and that's why you know we bring 50 kids a year to Camp Aaron um, through all kinds of different losses palliative sudden death um, and when they get together and they they get to talk about the one that that's that's missing in their life but they also get to play games they're doing rock climbing they're they're canoeing and you know th- they then start to talk about the person that they're, they're missing
0: Children are uh, strange in that regard. I mean, and I mean that in a good way, because uh, I've talked to parents in the past that say, "Okay, I've got to sit so and so down and talk to them about the fact that you know their grandfather or somebody else is passing away." You're not paying attention. You know, they they, they, they the children multitask wonderfully. I mean, you, they can be playing, but still thinking about this thing and still are, are even articulating about this. And I don't know if it's a, a matter of just trying to transfer emotions or how they're trying to do this. But it's 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 amazing as a as a parent sometimes trying to do this because you understand that yeah they're they're functioning, they're hearing everything, and they're processing this, but they're doing something else at the same time.
2: And I think that you know people often say you know children grieve. In a nice way, in the sense that they dose themselves with it. So they'll be filled with the emotion and the sadness and the emotional pain. And then they will go out and, and jump in the puddles and play. So they have that ability to, to dose themselves with that emotional pain. And uh, I Go ahead. I was just going to say, I think when we're, we're talking too to children about grief, it's important though, you know, to be honest as you can and, and give them all the facts as much as they can absorb.
0: Well, that's a problem that a lot of parents have, is, is that I think they talk down to their kids. They don't give children enough credit for being able to understand exactly what's going on. And, and, and obviously at a difficult time like this, whether there's a death in the family or an impending death, uh, the, the pressure, I guess, is on the adult to try to, to get those feelings across and try to explain it to them. And, and, and often probably very confusing and probably frustrating for the adult because they think, well, uh, what language should I use? How do you approach that?
2: And I think you, you use the language that's simple. at at their level, but always honest, you know. So using the word, you know, dying or died rather than lost or passed away so using the the language of death is important for kids
1: and I think that's why we want to have you know if you want to call it a death literacy or a death competency with the adult who's parenting a child because if you have uh, in a family situation where you have a child who's dying but there's a sibling left and the parent is is grieving their child's death but they also have the responsibility of trying to explain death um, and parent a child through it. So they're literally grieving their own deep loss, and then they're literally having to lead somebody else through it. It's very, very hard. And so when we don't talk about this issue earlier in our lives and, and become familiar with language and more comfortability about death and dying, when we're actually in the situation, it leaves many people feeling overwhelmed and unequipped.
0: When that situation happens and, and you, you as a, a parent have to have that discussion or feel that you have to have that discussion, uh, what if the child isn't receptive? I don't want to talk about this now. Do you give them their space or do you, do you try to continue?
2: Uh, you, you give them their space because they typically will talk when they're ready. Um, I think what you want to look for is any significant changes in their behavior. So if they become more withdrawn or if they become more angry and they're not typically angry, that may be a sign that something's going going on a little deeper. But I think you do respect their space because at different ages they will come forward with different questions and
0: and that's the, obviously the, the oftentimes the, the, when they want to start the conversation with, with some question that may seem innocuous at the time, but it opens that door.
2: Exactly, exactly.
0: Talk to us a little bit, uh, if you could, Claire, about, about what happens at uh, at Camp Aaron. And, and uh, we've talked about the need for that. And by the way, uh, it's, it's funded by generosity of, of uh, the people in this community. And we'll get to that in a couple of seconds because we need to do that. Uh, but but as you mentioned, it's it's a camp, but it's same time it's there's a therapeutic element to this too.
1: Absolutely. So we 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 meet with the families ahead of camp, and we give them some sort of literacy and ways to support. Um, and then we do this three day camp experience uh, with uh, we take fifty kids to um, up in Aurelia kind of area where it's a in some respects a normal camp experience with the swimming, you know, the the rock climbing you know, that type of thing. But in between, we do um, a thing we call um, a ceremony where they bring a picture of their loved one and they start talking about their loved one and then we also have a luminary ceremony where we're again we're, we're helping them express what's kind of going on and then we also have uh, one of the sessions is ask the professional so we basically these kids write their questions around uh, about the death of the their loved one like why were, were they in pain if it was a palliative illness or if it was a death by suicide why why did they want to leave me so we, we have experts around it and they have really profound questions but what I found so remarkable about it is just the, the connection that the kids have and it breaks that isolation that they're all experiencing when they go to school because they feel different than their peer group um, and sometimes the teachers in the in the room don't know how to how to deal with it and then they're going home with family who are also grieving who don't know how, how to do it so the second part of what we're trying to do with Camp Pairing is now do a parent group so that parents can you know develop the literacy of how do you help your child um, grieve while you're also grieving so that's just next part that we're doing
0: do you find that the children are actually Maybe more open With the people at the camp than they might be with their parents?
1: Absolutely. I mean, I, I'm always profoundly shocked at children's uh, honesty um, when you ask them and you give them the right space. Um, in some respects, uh, you know, they're a little bit more honest than, you know, grown ups and what's going on for them. Um, and if you can go to this camp, I mean, I'm a clinical therapist and I've done lots of therapy over the years, but if you go to this camp and the first night when you see these six year olds talking about losing their, their dad uh, to uh camp cancer or their mom through suicide um, and they're just so blunt and they talk about going fishing and the things they miss and and then they also come around and they hug each other these little kids and they support each other it's it is truly a magical experience
0: well because if you're dealing with grief in a family uh, i mean you as a parent may think well i don't really want to burden my child by talking about this i'm going to give them the space well the child probably has that same feeling you know mom's going through this now i i, I don't want to talk to her about it because i'm just going to make her feel worse
2: yeah and, and you know as as kids grieve as young as they are, but as kids as young as, I forget the age, but like months to years, will work to protect their parents. So they don't want to, if they think their mom or dad is having a good day, they don't want to bring up the sadness. Um, So they work really hard to protect the emotions of their parents and and not talk openly about their pain.
0: But those barriers don't exist at at Camp Aaron because uh, there's a there's a relationship there
1: well absolutely and also we're we're helping p- to prepare kids around if you want to call it death competency right we're actually teaching them skill set because they will experience loss again in their life maybe you know if not as traumatic as, as some of them have but definitely we make connections with people and the one thing we know is that that death will affect all of all of us and so all of our connections at some point will leave us and so we're actually helping children develop the skill sets to deal with loss and I I think that that's a great thing for the future as well.
0: Is is there a, uh, after the first death in the family or whether it's a grandparent or something else young children I think we I can go back to my own experience when I was just a kid does it I can suggest it gets easier but is it easier to to process as as the, as they happen with you know another grandparent an aunt an uncle uh, it's, you know, tragic as it might be.
2: Yeah, I think it... I mean, I think you have the death language um, and you know somehow that you will survive. But it really is impacted by the nature of the relationship, right? So if Mm -hmm. you have a... If it's a grandparent who dies first... And you're younger and not that close, then you have, say, an aunt or an uncle who you're really close to. It will be a different grief. But I think somehow you have that prior experience, so you know how to talk. You know how to talk about grief, um, as Claire was saying, and,
1: and you have hope that you will survive. Yeah, because grief is not an intellectual experience, right? It's it's an emotional uh, reaction. So as much as you you do have the literacy language and you know that you'll survive, it again, it's still going to affect you. You're still going to cry. You're still going to feel sadness. Sometimes people think if I build competency, then somehow I won't have to feel the depth of it. That's not that's not true.
0: All right, the the great work that goes on at Camp Air, and of course, is done because of the the fundraising that goes on. Let's talk a little bit about the raffle.
1: Well, uh, each year we, we 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 try to raffle off a jeep and this year we have a second prize of ten thousand um, dollars and it's twenty dollars a ticket or six for a hundred and the the success of this raffle helps us send the kids to camp so there's no cost to the families whatsoever it also helps us uh, you know do something with the parents as well and uh, and so we could use as much support as, as possible
0: okay how can they get tickets
1: well they can certainly call us at the hospice 905 387 four eight and ask for our raffle desk and um, uh, that's the best way or they can email us as well and we'll get in touch with them.
0: Claire Freeman from the Bob Kemp Hospice and uh, Dr. Lori Triano at Adormi. Thank you so much for coming in today. Great talking oh, with you, Oh, thanks
2: for opening up the conversation about grief.
0: Well, and hopefully it'll engender that conversation among families as well. The Bill Kelly Show,
1: weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.